0: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Glorious Rugby Podcast. I'm your co-host Jonathan Patrick and joining me this week is my fellow co-host Alistair. Wait a second, <laughs> AKP is not here. AKP is in Japan right now. You may have heard that laugh. That is a friend of the show. We go way back. Ryan Yi. welcome to the Glorious Rugby Podcast. How are you doing today, man?
1: Hey, appreciate it, Fitzy. Yeah, I'd like the the nice warm welcome, absolutely. I We've been following along the Glorious Rugby Podcast ever since you guys started, and we love what you guys are doing here, and I love the opportunity to come on here and and show AKP up a little bit. Let's see if I can uh, do a bit of a better job here co-hosting the Glorious Rugby Podcast and see if I can take over. But no, um, I'm super excited, super excited to talk a little bit of uh Warrior DC, talk about other things in, uh, in the rugby world. Um, but yeah, should should be a lot of fun. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, and thanks for for for, for rucking up, kitting up, and stepping <laughs> in for AKP with these, the co-hosting duties. It's a lot of shoes, big shoes to fill here, man. AKP mm. sets a very high very high bar on the he's a, analysis,
1: so. he's a he's a multi-talented dude let me tell you obviously uh coming on here is his fandom ship for Old Glory DC is definitely bar none uh he's definitely got a passion for this team he definitely knows a lot about this team and, and 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 we go far back i mean he's been a huge help in terms of what we're doing on our end here on the on the Fantasy rucker show and and starting fantasy mlr and he's been a big part of that too so the guy definitely has no shortage of uh, of talents and i'm hosting this show is one of them. That's for sure
0: well, you, you launched into it uh, and, and let's bring that up for the listeners wondering who the heck is this Ryan? Yee? Guy? What the <laughs> yeah. heck is the fantasy Rutgers? Fill us in real quick, man. What's your rugby bra- background? And then uh, what is the fantasy Rutgers?
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, a complete Joe Schmo off the street that you guys picked up to host <laughs> this show. Um, I, he is I Canadian. Little,
0: <laughs> we're not going to hold that against you.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, I do have a little bit of rugby experience. I guess the biggest uh, place that people probably know us by is yeah, the the Fantasy Rucker show. Um, me, and my brother, and and one of our good friends, Devin Vanderpool, uh, started good. this thing uh, a, a few years ago. Where uh, we we have an absolute love for for fantasy sports, and we saw that with the rise of Major League Rugby, there was a little bit of a of a of a get- gap there and there wasn't really uh fantasy uh a fantasy space that existed in MLR especially one that kind of coincided with kind of the the um North American style fantasy sport that we typically play when it comes to football, hockey basketball so uh we started something up and, and three years later it's moving along fitzy you're one of the members in our in our flagship league that has been a, a pretty good time and yeah we're just taking our love for rugby i've been involved in it ever since i was uh i was growing up played club rugby um in canada played for for uh for university shout out to uh to university of western ontario the mustangs uh over there in the oua they're not looking so good right now but it's all right uh always going to support the triple pony um, and yeah, had to find my uh, another avenue to kind of express my love for the sport. Love what the MLR is doing. Love that we got a league here finally in, in North America and seeing it grow. And And uh, I'm happy to be a part of that and trying to bring fantasy MLR to the masses. That's our goal here on the yes. Fantasy Football show is to, to try to get it to as many people. I know a lot of people are kind of sitting and waiting for that and hopefully we can give it to them. Well then,
0: I love the credentials already. So everyone knows you your resume right now. So you, you passed the first part. So we're bringing you in for the next round. But um, yeah, that for I love the fantasy ruckers. When I got involved, I saw your message on Reddit. I was like, this is this is perfect time. I want to be a part of this. This sounds like so much fun. When you and Maddie and Debbie do uh, Vanderpool, so much fun uh, each week, breaking it down. The league is fun. Bill Baker, uh, Matt McCarthy from Rugby Wrap Up. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, James Dealey, MLR Stats, just and just a crew of everyone else. You know, Stephen Lowen. and like everyone just has fun with it. Yeah, it's, it's a good little it's a good little uh, community. And if they want to join the community, where should they go?
1: Oh, yeah. They, we got a, a, a Discord community that uh, that we can uh, provide a link to. If you check us out at the Fantasy Ruckers on any of your social media channels, X, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, we're there. Uh, you can find us. Definitely give that a follow. And then, yeah, join our Discord community. Check out the FantasyRuckers.com because that's going to be the space where Fantasy Rugby is going to grow. And that's what it's all about, Fitzy. It's all about having fun. And I think that's what our goal here is get just give people a different way to kind of enjoy the sport and enjoy Major League Rugby. And I know how big Fantasy is in other sports. And um, not only do I think it's going to be a whole bunch of fun for people who are looking to play fantasy MLR, but also to introduce newer people like Vandy, who's never watched rugby before um, to get involved in, in major league rugby. So yeah, it's been, it's been a fun journey so far over the past, uh, past three years, I I would say, Um, and hopefully we can continue this going. And again, like I said, our goal is to, to bring it to the masses. Well, it is fun,
0: but it's also business and I have unfinished business. I need to knock out your brother. I lost to him in the championship. Hoping to get the title for this year. All right. Right. Enough about fantasy. We'll talk about that some more. We're going to have you back on the show, too. So, you're going to do this this week and then next week. And then, you know, as mm-hmm. we look forward, towards MLR season, we've got to be back on for an update on Fantasy Ruckers and how I'm going to take down your brother, uh, <laughs> Asterisk next to his name for whatever reason. I don't know. But let's move into it. And this podcast is all about Old Glory DC news. Mm-hmm. And. I'm sure you've been keeping up with some of the player signings and re-signings, but it has been a very busy offseason for Old Glory D.C., a number yeah. of big-name signings. I mean, I'll list just a couple of them here, and then we'll talk about some of the newer ones. But, I mean, Tommaso Boni who is rumored here for a while, he finally linked up with Old Glory D.C., you know, capped for Italy, is now capped with uh, USA Men's Eagles. He's joined the squad. Uh, there's been a number of other big name signings: jason robertson the fly half he has come back from a couple of years ago and he mm-hmm. set the, the league on fire on scoring their back three has changed a little bit you know, hoyland that winger from scotland i mean just like boom boom check the boxes big players coming back it's exciting if you're an old Glory dc fan after getting just getting that first taste of the playoffs and their first playoff victory what do, you, what do you make of so far of the moves
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's somewhat expected in a way, especially with how this past offseason or so far this offseason has been going with every single team. I mean, it seems like we've had a flurry of moves um, with every single squad across Major League Rugby. Um, and I think that just goes to uh, reflect just how how much the MLR is growing. But yeah, Old Glory DC specifically, I mean, getting their first taste of playoffs. Um, understanding kind of what it took to get there. But I think there was an understanding uh, uh, within the club that there was still more, there was a higher potential yeah. that they needed to reach um, in order to get to that next phase, to get to a San Diego Legion, to get to a, a New England yeah. free gym. They were competitive, um, but just not at that stage, I think, where they you know, had a real, real shot at, at bringing home that MLS shield. And and that that's what these moves are reflective of, is that they're making changes in the building. They're getting some talent uh, that... Can add that kind of firepower to uh, to this squad and and hopefully take them to that next step. You mentioned Jason Robertson. I think that's a massive one, right? You're bringing over overseas talent with uh, Thomas E. Bony, who's Eagles eligible as well. Um, he's has that experience. That's another another uh, another guy mm-hmm. that's that's big time. So, um, again, I think it's just about making moves that are going to kind of take you to that next step, especially for this old glory DC side. Um, and and it's reflected in in the stuff that they've done um, recently yeah. here.
0: Yeah, so, so a couple other new signings they brought in uh, a couple days ago. Ethan McVie, he's a scrum mm-hmm. half. Uh, he had a little bit of taste of MLR. He played with San Diego Legion a couple years ago, and then most recently with the American Raptors. But, you know, still a good young talent. It's a busy, busy, you know, number nine. You seemingly, right, Danny Tusatala has a lock on that starting jersey. I know he is you know mm-hmm. he's put up a lot of minutes you know that guy's played pretty much every single game minus one or started every single game minus one i think last year there was a game where he came off the bench you know they do have a young scrum half and john Lefebvre, so it'll be interesting to see how many scrum halves they keep and what that looks like but um if you're an old glory dc fan do you th- potentially think this is an opportunity maybe to to give Danny Tussitala a little more rest because in the hopes that you're going to make a longer run into the playoffs when you want hmm. it fresher, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think for this move, I I, I think, because I think, what, now Old War DC has three nines, right, on their roster now. It would be Lefebvre, Tussitala, and I guess now yeah. McVeigh um, and that I mean, that's typical, right? You see that mm-hmm. um, in, in most roster constructs in, in leagues across the world. You see, you know, teams carrying three scrum hats. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, if, if I can recall, most recently, uh, you know, Toronto, the Toronto Arrows kind of went through a situation where they flew through two yeah. scrum hats. injuries, injury. right? They were yeah. they were having to sign guys mid-season to join their squad. I heard um, they almost so, picked you up, man yeah i would yeah i don't know i don't think that would be uh if, if they have uh aspirations of making improvements i don't think putting me at necessary direction to go uh but uh nonetheless though i i think having three guys that are adequate um is the way to go i don't think obviously like you said i don't think we have any concern here with danny tussi taller right he's the kind of the heart and soul when it comes to you know old Glory dc is a big part of that um I do think there's some competition here now, though, for that second spot. Who's going to be the guy that kind of steps in, um, you know, when they're subbing out Tusitala around the 70th, 50th minute mark. Um, Maybe see, like you said, a few more starts throughout the season. I know Tussitala last season. I think he only missed one. He didn't start one match all Mm -hmm. year long. I think the first time in, like, the whole time that he's been with you see that he's ever not started a match so that's not sustainable you're gonna need to have guys in the building um at that nine position to be able to kind of step in there whether that's injury or whether that's just to give some guys rest especially like you mentioned if you're planning on making a deep run um and hey mcvee might be that guy he's got the experience he has the mlr experience he's young uh, he's got potential um but again i think just to, to emphasize i think this is that that competition for that second spot. You know, mm-hmm. LeFevre looked good um, in the one start that he he played for DC at the end of the season there. Um, but, you know, a little bit of in-house competition never hurts. And yeah. I think having three nines in the building is, is a perfect way to go.
0: Yeah. You know, so, so moving on to some of the resigns now. So the most recent one now is Lataro Bavaro, uh, Argentine flanker. The big who, one. Big one. I mean, quietly, I think, had a really good year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you look across, he he – it was funny because MLR put out their all MLR first, second, and, and third team. And he didn't make one of those. But if you looked at America Rugby News, they identified Latar Tar Bovaro as uh, making their team. And he may not have filled up the stat sheet, but I think just his his energy, his presence, their dedicated um, veteran leadership in the locker room said a lot. And I think it says a lot that you're seeing a lot of these players coming back because – Yes, new head coach Simon Cross is in now, but mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of buzz and excitement, right? We mentioned some of the new some of the new players that have joined Old Glory DC, right? You know, it's funny because like if you're a player who wants to jump around the league, you, you want to go to a squad that's going to compete for uh, the playoffs and make a championship run. You look at Old Glory DC, and yes, they didn't have a winning record last year, but they did get to the playoffs, and yes, they did win their, their first playoff game, but they're moving into – different venue now a better rugby venue which looks really cool so there's this buzz that's building around mm-hmm. the team so it's good to see guys like Jack Ascaro coming back Latar Bavaro coming back right Corey Daniel coming off injury coming back Mike Bullis right all these players who are around the past few years have seen how the momentum and the trajectory of the franchise is is, is trending up that they're coming back and that says something about a guy like Latar Bavaro who you know he. Take it to fantasy ruckers real quick. He was one of the top back row players. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because seemingly he's a guy you could count on at least for consistent. Production. Yeah, uh, I mean
1: we love we love numbers on the fantasy record show So if you're yeah. gonna bring that but you're gonna open up Pandora's box here But yeah 108.5 <laughs> fantasy points on the season. I mean, I think the big thing is this guy is a, a pretty big machine when it comes to tackles Right. He, he's a physical player. Um, yeah. I believe on our website It was only uh, you know three or four matches out of uh, the fantasy match that we tracked that he's had below double-digit tackles and and he he, he, he was He was a consistent piece of that back row i would say the only person more consistent than him was the team captain uh yep. jama i mean it, yep. he was part of that back line consistently starting basically every uh single match last season um and and you bring up a great point Fitzy, is that i think there's a fine balance i mentioned that you know big signings are good um you're bringing in guys to kind of take that next step into into you know getting into a further little bit of a push into into playoffs but you also need that core right and and you want to build a mm-hmm marquee guys. You talk about uh, Danny Tussitala. You talk about Jack Escaro. You talk about Mike Daboulos. You talk about guys that have been there and have been part of the squad, and have, have helped shape the identity of what Old Glory DC is. Um, Bavaro, obviously, last season being his first, he's going to be growing into kind of that identity. And you want to keep those guys around that are going to kind of fit that mold. And I think the Bavaro is a, is a key piece of that. So, yeah, again, really, really good to see that they're bringing in new guys, keeping old guys, that's what it's about when it comes to developing a, a club from the the bottom up and making improvements. And hopefully that'll be enough to take that next step from a first playoff appearance to to maybe something even further, getting that that, that playoff win and, and maybe even making a push at that shield.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that because uh, let's talk about the playoff structure and the conference structure because mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this report late last night from America's Rugby News. They they, um, give out some MLR notes, just updates on player movements and stuff like that. But at the bottom, kind of buried the lead. Journalism 101, I think you got to lead with the lead, right? And that's what I remember. (laughs) But the lead here was now not, not confirmed yet, but it said something about multiple sources have told America's Rugby News that in 2024, the league is maybe moving from instead of two conferences, three conferences, right? So there'd be what an, an East, a Central, and a West, which I get it geographically maybe it makes a little more sense to maybe save some costs on travel. But um what a that what a wild change that would be because again, without a lot of details and none of this is confirmed yet, but this is kind of you know you know this is some big news if this goes through what does the playoff CD look like, right? And how are people yeah. qualifying and who's playing what? But hey man, like when you read that, what were your initial thoughts?
1: Mixed feelings, man. I mean, I mean yeah. the fantasy commissioner within me absolutely hates it because I mean having <laughs> an odd, odd number uh conference kind of structure, it kind of just irks me the wrong way. Again, like you said, like how how does playoff structure work? What really happens? Hmm. Maybe it's something along the lines of, you know, the the best team you know, out of all the major league rugby or, or gets, gets a buy or something. And then there's some sort of like, you know, conference that, you know, then the next two best, it's just, it's just a weird format. And, and I I don't know if I ultimately agree with this. I, I get it. I get it from a a, a travel standpoint, from an infrastructure standpoint, a logistics standpoint, but I mean, this, is, this is, we're still a young league. And I mean, there's only what, how many teams in the league right now, if you, if you add in, you add in Miami and, and this, I guess, uh, I guess the rugby Atlanta squad moving to LA, right? You got, you know, uh let me you just got thirteen. Count 13 yeah, teams. you got, yeah, yeah. I it's I, I just I don't think we're there at that spot yet where we can start divvying these conferences up. You know what I mean? Like mm. even I think two, it was competitive. Um, you know, we had solid playoff races towards the end there. But if you're then now splitting this up, you're kind of diluting that competition, you know, you might have more of a situation where you have a conference that's kind of turned out like the bottom half of the eastern conference last year where it's just you know you have a couple teams that are, are really really good and then some that are not you're gonna might have more of that um yeah it's an interesting one will it have an ultimate effect overall i don't know right i don't think it's going to be a significant difference um the best teams are going to prevail at the end i believe it's just it's weird it's it's a it's a really yeah. weird weird thing
0: well, I think, you know, it's interesting, right? Because if you look at how, how it's proposed to how it'll break down, the West looks like a dogfight with Seattle, Utah, L.A., and San Diego. Man, we're not really mm-hmm. be in the West. Then you look at the East. Now, this makes sense, right? You've got Toronto, New York, New England, D.C., and then uh, Miami will join in. Okay, I get it. You know, with L.A. now going becoming – Atlanta now becoming L.A., even though we still haven't quite heard from the news of what the going yeah, no to be. That makes sense. And then the Central Division of Chicago, Houston, Dallas – and nola uh interesting you know i guess part of me looking ahead feels like okay maybe what the league is trying to do and maybe this is an encouraging sign is okay you've got three conferences now Could you eventually get to a point where maybe you have four divisions four divisions and you break two divisions into one conference two the other two divisions into the other conference right kind of like an NFC, AFC, if we're talking NFL, sure. and then you sure. you know, geographically you can split the country and it makes a little more sense. It travels not too hard and it's easier just to slot in teams. That could be intriguing, right? If you if you get down the line, right. I think that's the, the goal, right? For where, I guess,
1: continue to grow. My but, question is like, what's the rush now? you know what i mean like you're still growing you only have 13 yeah. teams right you're trying to get to a point if you're comparing it to to the nfl you know you got 32 teams you know what i mean like i what, what's yeah. what we're not yeah. even close to a, a spot there yet. And, and again i get it um it also irks me the wrong way too that we got an odd number of teams i hate that i absolutely it, it, it's one of those things yeah. that i lose sleep at night again it. it's a small thing it's it's just it's funny and 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 Um, Again, I don't think this will ultimately have that big of an impact on the competition and level of play. It's just, it's as a commissioner from my commissioner perspective, having done this with fantasy, it's just, it's just a little weird, a little off-putting. And again, well, you said, you
0: said, you said, what's the rush? You said, what's the rush? Though it is 2023, and we know that 2031 we got that big event that's coming ashore here, that and then then 33 with women that we're going to host. Ideally, you would hope by 2031, or at least even two years out from that, right? Like post the 27 World Cup. You know, post uh, Australia as everyone turns to the US. So four or five years from now, we've got a thriving major league rugby competition with could could you say sixteen teams? Well, that, could that you that's say twenty right. teams. Could you that's get to twenty to right teams? Question. Four divisions with five teams each. That could be interesting. Maybe teams starting to make a profit a little bit, the salary cap has gone up. Maybe there's a broadcast and media rights yeah. deal in there, the union I mean, situation's that's, been figured that's, out.
1: That's what eight years from now, right? I, that was going to be my question: it was like, how many? Yeah. If you had a bet on it, how many teams do you think are in the in the league eight years from now?
0: I would hope at least like, sixteen. I would hope. And that's 16.
1: that. My gut tells me that too. Is like I think by yeah. twenty, if we continue on the trajectory that we're on, I think sixteen would be a promising number to reach. And yeah. I think at that point, if we could have four divisions with four teams. That 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 would be yeah. solid. Um, again, you could, this, you, could
0: I... you could, yeah, you could envision maybe you know a team in you know the the Bay Area, so kind of San Francisco, Sacramento. There's a hotbed there. Maybe a team in in like you know Kansas City, St. Louis. There seems to be a yeah. little, another Midwest connection there. Maybe a yeah. team in Philly, if that makes sense. Or you know, you you probably want to stay from New England away from there, but you know, yeah. other markets maybe. Maybe Phoenix. Yeah, I don't know. There's so many, you know. so Yeah, many
1: I mean, there's definitely, that. there's definitely cities out there to add yeah. just three more teams. That yeah, I, I can see yeah. that happening for sure. But at least as it comes to this news, still gotta wait and see with that. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested. My biggest question from this is how the heck playoffs are gonna work if it's three conferences. But I guess uh, the MLR will will just uh, will let us know that, or or they won't. We'll find out a week before for again the playoffs happen how it's all gonna shake up. But uh, we'll be patiently waiting for that.
0: Well, let's move on to some other MLR news real quickly. A couple of player news and coaches news. Just would love to get your comments. Also, America Rugby News shared out that um, apparently Nola Gold is expected to name a new head coach sometime this week, right? So now, yeah. now we're recording this on a Wednesday. We haven't seen anything yet. Kane Thompson's a current head coach. It sounds like he would shift to an assistant role. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I don't know what names are in um, – that consideration, but uh, speaking of head coaches, the Toronto Arrows, they have finally announced a true. coach, Stephen Meehan man. Tell me, what do we know about him?
1: Yeah, this one's uh, an interesting one. I think to lump up both kind of the NOLA, because they kind of have similar kind of vibes here when it comes to to kind of what the 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 reason why there's making these moves obviously both schools um coming off of pretty or schools uh po teams uh coming off of pretty disappointing uh seasons last year and i think a big part of this is obviously the face of your franchise your coach is going to be the one that's going to be creating that culture, identifying that talent and being able to kind of, uh, you know, shape what the club is, is supposed to be. And I think there was disappointment how that, especially with the level of talent that there was on Nola, uh, that they didn't kind of achieve what they, they were hoping to achieve, especially all those players that they got. I mean, Rodney Iona, there was so much hype around him. Uh, you had JP Duplicy, um and, and guys like that. And it's just, they never kind of reached that position. We saw flashes of it, just never got yeah. there. So I think, that coaching change has to do with that. And then I think with this Toronto coaching change, it's kind of the same same thing here. I think, obviously, a Toronto Airways team that was plagued with injury, a lot of bad luck there. But again, they just didn't achieve what they wanted to achieve. And I think and coming in with that overseas uh, 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 experience, uh, I believe uh, head coach with Bath Rugby, if I, if I recall correctly. Um, so he has a lot of, you know, uh, really really high level talent rugby and i think he can bring that over to the toronto arrows we've seen what the arrows have done this off season and, and the pieces that they've been able to bring in maddie and i were talking uh on our show this past week about how this back line can be electric like yeah. this back line yeah. could be ravita middle
0: right they got him out of that fire sale yeah the, so you're, you're West, looking
1: Trish. at you're looking at robbie povey at at, yeah. at Y half, you got you got you know some of your marquee centers, you got goodall, uh to Ali Tasi Tasi there, and then you add Ruita Biddle, you add to Rangatira tokia and not to mention you still have Sam Malcolm allegedly yeah. um to maybe yeah. play that 15 role on top of uh 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 the names escaping, but they just signed one yeah. of their, their uh their fullbacks from last year as well. Um, but talk about toys to play with uh for, yeah. for me and to come in and to kind of have that level of talent looks completely different than what uh what they had last year uh, if they can stay a little bit healthy i think uh this toronto arrows team is going to make some improvements and and me and will be at the at the at the forefront of that establishing a new identity and, and seeing what he can do in terms of culture
0: you know playing in toronto's favor a little bit here and we didn't bring this up but it, it, and this is probably coming out because it was revealed in a rugby wrap-up interview um, with Stephen Lewis a couple of weeks ago, but the MLR season is going to move, move back a couple of weeks. So this is going to start, I think, in early March. And then it's going to get, and then the final will be sometime in August. It sounds like there's going to be like a two week break, which is, is kind of funky in July for the international window right around the playoffs. So that needs to be figured out. But you got to think that that definitely really helped a squad like Toronto because, right, they what seemingly have played every mm-hmm. season on the road for the first like six games yeah, right? know, maybe that's peel helpful. back a game or two i don't know i know march in canada is probably still siberia um <laughs> but, <laughs> at least not the middle. No.
1: believe believe None me <laughs> play, the thought of playing rugby in 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 late february early march does not sound fun i've never had to do it we maybe had you know some training sessions that started that early but believe yeah. me the club season and then the school season definitely did not start um in in late february early march and you couldn't pay me enough to be playing on that rock hard ice grass up in up in toronto so um now um we'll see i mean yeah i think yeah. Uh, there's i think a lot of excitement around this uh aero squad um the new branding new coach new feel yeah that's
0: right that's i mean right. i'm not
1: putting my my eggs all in one basket I, I i don't think they've they've necessarily made the jump to you know any close to being competitors necessarily. Um, there's always the question surrounding the emphasis that they're putting on developing homegrown talent, which is always a fine balance to play. Uh, Matt and I have had that deep conversation on our show, um, but they're improving. And we'll see what yeah. they're going to be able to do here uh, in 2024.
0: Look, the, the East, if it breaks down into the into three conferences the way it does, and that means NOLA's gone, and then you know Miami, Miami obviously slotting in. <laughs> some of the, the signings that Miami has already made. I know man this is going to be uh this is gonna yeah. be a very interesting eastern conference and akp mm-hmm. and we'll have you back on later before we preview the mlr season in 2024 but this is going to be a fun season i don't think yeah. there's going to be like any gimme games not that there are but you know some some no. you can kind of circle and say this is a you know we could we could we could try different things here because we feel good the squad that we have is
1: going to go out yeah. And the dub. yeah but well, I think I think a part of that is just all the I need mean, to go back to what we were talking about earlier about all the roster signings. I mean, I think every yeah. single team for the most part has been making some big time moves Um, outside of maybe that Rugby Atlanta to be named Los Angeles team. That kind of feels like they're just having a fire sale um, yeah. and they don't have anyone on their squad right now. But yeah, it sounds like a lot of teams are making pretty good moves. Should be a competitive yeah. season
0: all right let's move on real quick a couple of things want to move to international news yes the rugby club ended we'll talk about that in just a second but on the women's Eagles side they went one and two and and the wxv2 probably not the campaign that they wanted they beat samoa but they lost to italy and scotland so and you know they still milton haig is that still has that interim head coach tag probably looking for a new head coach um so and it looks like According to the calendar, there's, they're going to get more test matches, which is what I think they need. They're all, all programs need more test matches. So probably an up and down season. And actually in women's world rugby rankings, they've dropped to an all time low of ninth place. Mm. So, you know, they were Tough. four and five and now they're down to nine. So, you know, they got the pieces there, but, um, hopefully 2024 turns out better. They just need more matches on the men's evil side. You know, on the men's evil side, they've, uh, they're prepping this week. I think they're already in Spain for that uh, that little mini tournament there. You know, we'll talk more about that next week. But I believe they're taking on Brazil in the first match, and then they would either take on the winner or loser of Spain versus Canada. So we'll talk more about that next week when yeah. that comes down. But um, no, I mean, um, all, all
1: all I got to say about that is that the road to kind of starting to prove that you deserve to be back in what the biggest stage that we're going to talk about just a moment's time you're starting now you know what i mean like the the world cup just finished you weren't a part of that and that includes both the usa Mm -hmm. and canada um and and you got to start proving um especially with uh with uh, the the hosting um coming up in 2031 you got to prove that you deserve to be there and 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 it begins right off there all the eyes will be will be on you guys especially with the world cup having just finished up and, and you guys not being a part of that that's for sure
0: well, let's talk about the Rugby World Cup real quick. Let's move to that. Um, first, the news that, you know, AKP and I talked about it
1: last week, but we didn't really
0: talk too much about Canada here. But now that the 2027 World Cup is going to be expanded for extra teams, seemingly the next four up, right? Like if you do the Joel and Party bracket bubble, whatever that is, you know, if you march Madness, sure. the next four teams in would be, what? Um, Spain, who just missed out because it was kind of that weird qualification thing that was mm-hmm. going on. Canada, um, and then what, you got potentially – Hong Kong, and then I think Kenya's thrown about in there. I think Brazil is another is another country that's that's mentioned. Maybe Russia. I don't know. Kind of funky. If you throw them in there, but so there's yeah. so there's, there's there's at least four teams for sure. Two or three maybe on the fringes there. But uh, you're right. <laughs> A shame that both USA and Canada um, were not part of this World Cup. Yeah, uh, I mean it's past. <laughs> we're 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 yeah. past, it.
1: you know what I mean. Like we we, I think everyone understood how disappointing it was in the buildup of that. We got to enjoy some really really good rugby um in France over the past month or so, um, and like I said, it's turning a new page now, and and seeing yeah. what you can do.
0: So, but let me ask you the question about the Pacific Nations Cup because Canada got lumped into that with the U.S. and Japan and Tonga mm-hmm. and Samoa, and I'm probably missing one more. Um, but uh, if you're a Canadian rugby fan, you gotta kind of feel pretty. Yes, I know there was some backroom maneuvering, and we've got issues between North America and South America as well mm-hmm. to for rugby. But if you're, you know, team rugby Canada, you got to be pretty thrilled that you have been lumped into the Pacific Nations Cup because yeah. it's going to be high level competition, you know, Japan, Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, that was the other one. Uh, yeah. You know, that's for, for the US and Canada to. to get out of the, the mid path of tier two and try and get back to tier one again they're gonna to have to play better competition and
1: well well that's what you need right like that's that's kind of what we've seen with the rise of japan you know what i mean like they inserted yeah. themselves into playing against top tier talent um kind of similar to 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 like argentina as well and the rapid rise that they've had like if you go back like 10 15 years and just them their involvement in just high level i know it's a completely different kind of outlook, but like for them to get involved in the rugby championship, you know, like see how many, how wonders that has done for Argentina. Like they're seeing themselves in a bronze medal match this past world cup, you know, I'm playing you like, if you had, you know, talked about Argentina, I mean, I know they've historically been pretty competitive when it comes to rugby, but, but to, to say that, you know, Argentina over, you know, an Australia, you know, is, is making it to over an Ireland over, you know, uh, 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 France is making it, you know, is to that final, final, uh, match. in 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 rugby it's huge and i think that kind of emulates that you need to play high level talent in the build-up to playing at the highest level competition and that's what's going to best prepare yourself and and canada and us need to take advantage of that for sure
0: yeah yeah. let's talk about the 2023 rugby world cup so south africa defended their title they beat yeah new zealand 12 to 11. what were your overall thoughts maybe just on the the tournament or or the final or anything i mean
1: talk about a dramatic final right i mean not exactly what you expected um to have one try in the entirety of the match is not necessarily something that you would have predicted going into it but i mean yeah talking about drama i i had to admit and i'm along with my brother here uh, we were both uh cheering for the all blacks uh we were big fans of that that program and what they've been able to do tough to see them lose to south africa but um yeah i mean the big conversation was the cards uh, that, that obviously had a big impact on it. Tough to see Sam Kane. Um I'm a big fan yeah. of him being a Waikato Chiefs uh, guy. Tough to see him get that red card. But I mean, kudos to New Zealand for playing 60 minutes, a man down, and to not allow a try from South Africa. That's incredible. And they had opportunities to win. Like, yeah. they, they had shots to, to win that championship. You talk about the kick from, from Jordy Barrett that just missed. Um, a lot of forced yeah. error towards the end there. Artie Sevilla could have, you know, just held the ball, maybe not decide to offload it. That led to a knock-on there late. Um, but, hey, yeah, kudos to South Africa. It was an exciting final. As a as a back, I'm always for more try scoring at higher yeah. things. But I'm sure, yeah. sure, a lot of the defensive guys and all the forwards enjoyed seeing kind of a gritty physical matchup. And it was fun. It was a, it was a good wrap up to what was a very exciting World Cup. Like there were there was a whole I mean, talk about, you know, Fiji's upset wins there, you know, the the drama with France, um, you know, Ireland getting knocked out in the quarters to, to continue ah, a their club. despair. Um because yeah. I was hoping I mean, I was hoping that they they'd be able to to make it make it far yeah. so I am a big fan of what they're doing as well. Uh but yeah, I mean twenty twenty-three World Cup, it it was a fun one. It was a good one.
0: Yeah, I think I think you met all the all the teams you just mentioned. The storylines there were great. I also think the um you know storylines around yeah, there were some lopsided scores again. That's that's gonna happen in, in a in a tournament like this. But I would say across the board, tier two nations really played well. And it and it showed that um the skill level is probably narrowing a little bit, but the resources um tier two needs more resources. Mm-hmm. And that's right. a bigger question, right? Like more money needs to be funneled in, but we also need more high-level competition, so playing more tier one nations. So, you know, the the rugby, you know, the nation's championship thing that seemingly locks out tier two from playing tier one, coming on the heels of of what I thought was a pretty solid, you know, performance from, from tier two. You know, to people, there's some question marks there about how this is going to grow the game, and, you know, that's for a, another discussion for another time. But it was good to see you know, the performance of, you know, Chile representing themselves so well for the first time in the Rugby World Cup. We know Uruguay, they played well. They mm-hmm. That was a, a fun outfit to watch them play. Uh, Portugal had, you know, what an exciting tournament for them. They almost got, mm-hmm. they almost knocked off Georgia, was it, right? Was that the tie? I believe Both so, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, so so many, so many good, exciting matches. And yeah, you know, Romania and Namibia, they definitely got, you know, had some some tough games going against them. But um, across the board, an exciting uh rugby world cup and as we look at 2027 which will be hosted in australia australia's looking for a new head coach no kidding
1: no kidding yeah i mean second stint not so successful last less than a year obviously had his stint with england which also didn't go as successful um yeah i mean i think i think this is kind of the the end of uh, end of eddie jones really i mean i know there's rumors kind of that he's going to japan and everything but I mean, you can only have so many cracks at these top tier nations and, and not being successful. I'd obviously seen, he's seen success in the past, but um, yeah, wasn't, I mean, again, nail in the coffin was Australia, not even making it to the knockout rounds. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that's very, very, very disappointing. And, and the, the writing's on the wall when, when that's the case. And when you have high expectations for a, a nation that obviously is involved in a sport that's so meaningful for them in, in Australia, um, but yeah, bye-bye Eddie Jones. I don't think we'll be hearing uh, his name in, in international circles, um, yeah. at least from a coaching standpoint, for for a little bit here. Yeah, we'll see.
0: More to come on that. We shall see. But uh, mm-hmm. well, I know we're coming up on time. And usually we do a closing segment where I just throw out a stumper for AKP to provide his closing thoughts. But I thought we'd switch it up. I thought we would switch it up. And have you toss it to me of course for some closing thoughts here so again i have no idea what's coming up i have no <laughs> idea what well. ryan is going to ask me
1: I mean, being as part of the Fantasy Rutgers show, how do I not ask a fantasy-related question here, yes, right? Sir. So um, yeah. for those of you who don't know, obviously Fitzy, like we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, is a longtime member, one of the OG members of our Fantasy Rutgers uh, main marquee flagship league, our, our test league. You've been a, one of our guinea pigs. Um, and and last season uh, in our draft, you were blessed with the first overall pick yeah. uh, going into it. And you, you selected Ed Fido. With that first yeah. pick and i'm sure uh you're kicking yourself a little bit there again we had a, a in-depth conversation kind of about how hard it is to predict kind of what players are going to go off but nonetheless you were able to capitalize on an amazing joe mono season i know that um but i think my question for you to wrap up this show is yeah. that right now, the draft happened tomorrow in mm. fantasy ml oh, that's a tough question and you had the first pick oh. who are you going with fitzy and i swear oh. i swear Addy did not make me ask this question uh, <laughs> to get inside knowledge before the draft happens next year. But who, who yeah, would gonna, you go so, with? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have to throw up some smokescreen on this a little bit and
0: let me just explain <laughs> why I picked Ed Pito. because going into the season um, number one overall pick um, I definitely wanted Billy Meeks, but there was concerns about, you know, visa issues. It didn't look like he was training with Chicago um you know i wanted to try and put a little doubt in to some other members of the fantasy league about not picking up billy meek because he, who, who, who knew how many games he was going to miss right? sure so sure. i threw that After out the there a little bit and and billy meeks fell right so and if you looked at last the two years ago if you know, i think was one of the top um performers yeah. i was looking at new york i figured you no know, they were going to score a bunch more again um Ed had a great season, not his best season. And granted, he did miss about four or five matches, I think because he had mm-hmm. that knee injury in MCL. Fortunately, it wasn't anything worse. Um, so, you know, I tried to do a little maneuvering. So, so I got Ed Feudow in a couple of rounds. We yeah. got Billy Meeks and I was like, yeah, this is perfect. Um, didn't quite out, quite worked the way I wanted it to. And getting Joe Mano in like the ninth round was definitely was all luck. It was not skill. He was there, I was someone <laughs> identified. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll pick up here. No idea he was gonna have the success that he had. But, I mean, like, if you just look at the the top scores from last year, and you can't do a year-over-year comparison because while most of these guys, I think, are coming back, there's a few that may not be. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the back three, the back three position, if you can nail your first first pick, no, this round pick, if you can nail a back three player that you think is going to be a part of a team that's going to score a lot and or has a track record of scoring – then you're, you're going to do well, right? So do you look at someone in San Diego Legion again? Like Nate Osborne, do you look at him again? Because, you know, if he's healthy, can he replicate what he did last year? Potentially, mm. right? I think Seattle's going to put up some some points. Like, do you look at Dan Creel? Maybe more to the center there, but, you know, Futi, do you look at him, right? So, you know, those are, I'm just going to throw out a couple of names, you know, Tomas. Adel, I need e- a definitive
1: e- answer, Fitzy. I need to, give it to you, you right now, to take it first. <laughs> can't,
0: can't give that to you right now. But I'm looking, I, I would think you would have to look at the back three, just historically, the highest, the high scoring position. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and that's
1: funny because that's the conversation that Maddie and I had last show is that we were, we we're kind of because we wrapped up our top fantasy player ranking reveal. And it was a good exercise. We were able to go through yeah. kind of what the value of each position is. And we, we determined because with our latest episode, we wrapped up the best back three players from the last year. I mean, you could pick Joe Mano or you could pick Nate Augsburg with that first round. But I mean, with the volatility that we've seen over the past few years, how can you be confident that they're going to be able to, to replicate um, what they were able to do before? I think there's just so much volatility at that back three position. Once you're able to identify the back three player that is going to benefit and be on a good team yeah. score prize your money but um, yep. it just seems like some other position are just so much more reliable if I had the first pick I can say this because uh, I'm not in the league um, and I just I, I just have the commissioner hands in it I really think I would go with the center and I I told mm-hmm. I told there's just a little bit more confidence there I know that they're going to be able to put some numbers up um but I, i'll finish off on this note i told maddie to wrap up our last show is that i if i had the first four picks anywhere between one two three and four for this upcoming fantasy mlr season i'd be sweating a little bit i i don't yeah. know what i would do I, I want to allow the other guys to make those tough decisions for me and i'll feel a little bit better okay clicking in the mid rounds and allowing whoever falls to me kind of lay yeah. my lap and let that decide so it's interesting
0: it is. I think it, it's, it's still far too early, right? Because not everyone has announced who's sure. going to draft. There's probably a few more players getting signed in. It's probably a decision that uh, someone makes like the day before the draft, which will mm-hmm. be fun to see because uh, there is so much, as you said, volatility. Uh, and I think that's what makes uh, fantasy rugby so exciting in MLR is that like Joe Mana seemingly came out of nowhere. Like he had a good year two years ago. But for him to be, you know, the hot, high, the highest scoring back or highest scoring player last year, like who would have predicted that? Yeah,
1: no, I'll give so, you that. That he you know, was, was, he funny. was the steal of the year. Steal of the year.
0: I don't. You could say Osberger, too, though. You know, if he would, if he would. I mean, he, I'm, not he, he I'm, not Maddie, I'm not giving Maddie credit. I'm not giving
1: I'm not giving credit at all. He <laughs> drafted that guy as a scrum half and ended up getting changing fools gold into gold. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, on this show. This show, I'll let you know that Joe Mano was was the pick of the year for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. Well, th- we, we have so much more to talk about. So we'll focus on on some of that
0: for, for next week, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more as we prep for the Eagles. I'm sure there will be some more Old Glory DC player signings and re-signings over the next couple of days. And our boy, Ryan, you'll be back for week two covering mm-hmm. AKP. Glad you can make it. I'm sure AKP is going to send a bunch of notes over about what I did <laughs> wrong or what you said wrong, but AKP, you're on a train somewhere in Japan. I hope you're having a good time, but uh, Ryan is holding it down for another week. So for my guest co-host, Ryan Lee, I am Jonathan Fitzpatrick. You've been listening to another episode of the Glorious Rugby Podcast. We'll catch you right back here next week.